listening to For the Love of God Pod. For the Love of God Podcast. Welcome to For the Love of God Podcast, a show for Christians that keep it real. Whether you're new to Christianity, a seasoned Christian, or dipping your toes in the baptismal water, this show is for you. Join us and strengthen your Christian walk. Play games and discover new music. This ain't your mama's Christian podcast. So Jason, I got a very important question for you. Oh yeah? What's that? Um, so how does a, a hippie polygamist count as wives? <laughs> well, tell me. One Mississippi? Two Mississippi? Three Mississippi? That may be the worst joke I've ever heard. Wow. Wow. Wah, 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 where, where is wah. the... Uh, I mean, you're going to get... All kinds of stuff for this. We're going to get this. <laughs> um, that, you know, that ranks right up there with... <laughs> we had... When I was in algebra, algebra and al- algebra two, actually, in high school, we had a teacher who was known for his jokes. And every day he would give us, uh, you know, a joke. And everybody would ask every day, just almost every day. Give us another joke, Mr. Parlett. And one day, he came with this bad boy. Why does a little duck walk softly? Why? Because he can't walk hardly. (laughs) (laughs) Wah, wah, wah. And now I'll tell you that. You know what? Mine at least got Jason to laugh. I'm not throwing that out there. Well, see, you know, that is a joke that is so bad that I can't forget it. I mean, it's so non-funny that it just won't leave my memory banks. They're, it's going to be there forever. I wish I had one to share, but all my jokes are dirty. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to work on your source material. That's all. That's right. Uh Jeez. Hey, folks. Uh, gee, many Christmas. Well, what are we doing here? Thanks for tuning in to Put Up in the Love of God. I mean, I, I almost forgot we had a, we got, I almost forgot, I almost forgot we had a podcast going here. Um, I, uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we are back. And um, as usual, I am here with the boys, Pastor Rick Riga. Love that organ. Sweet organ riffs and, there. And of course, your favorite nerd, Nathan Jewell. That was pretty funny for like the first ten episodes. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're gonna have to change it up a little bit. It's Some only, of these other things you're 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 getting better, right? <laughs> it's only dull for you and uh, <laughs> the audience, I think, enjoys it. I've heard good feedback. Um, <laughs> so we do it for them, gentlemen. Um, how was your week? <laughs> Again, same as last week, I imagine. <laughs> but I'm good. No joke. Well, great. So I'm, I'm glad it went well. Um, <laughs> uh, so Bible, um, Bible, um, outreach was, was good last week. Oh yeah. Amazing stuff. Yeah. Amazing and, stuff. 
Yeah, and we ended up pulling in a few guests for service this, this past I know, right? That was fantastic. It was a great testament as to how we just never know what's going on. Yeah. We've actually had a very small crowd out there of, of workers and a ton of people and a lot of interactions and we'll think, wow, something great happened and, eh, you know, n- nothing seems to be happening, but you never know. Yeah. And last week we had a whole mess of workers. It seemed like no one was showing up and we get guests out of it. So yeah. You just never know what's happening. And yeah. I think we all, there's a lesson for all of us there. Well, traffic was um, a well, bit slower. It's never That's about sure. what we do. About what he does through us. That's that is absolutely right. Do, Amen. All we do is scatter seeds, gentlemen. That Amen. is absolutely true. But I think the lesson there is that you know we should never really let our emotions dictate how we feel about an event, right? Or or a service or a ministry opportunity, because rarely do we know what is going on in these other people, and of course we don't. We can't see what the Lord's doing inside of them. And I have to admit, I did get to add one new skill to my resume over the past week. I can yes. now do a balloon dog. Oh. Yeah. So that's, uh, it only took me something like 15 to 20 tries, but I figured <laughs> it out. Now, was it, did it take so many because you kept popping the dog or you just couldn't get the right bend? Oh, no, I got the bends. I would kept, just kept popping the balloon. So <laughs> it could have been a quality issue there. I mean, it's not oh. like we're buying the most expensive. Well, these are, you know, they're I mean, cheap on Amazon. I have no idea. And I bought like three different brands because I wasn't sure what would be good. I, you know, I'm not a balloon expert. I have no idea. You, if you're a clown, you probably know, oh yeah, you go here and you buy those balloons. Cause I don't really hold out. I had no idea. So you, I bought three. You didn't three. think to ask a clown? <laughs> you know, honestly, I don't know any clowns. So. Hey, Bowser. Right. I, I didn't have, you know, I guess I could have went to bozo.com, but bozo.com. No, I, I just, Best balloons uh, in the nation. I chose three different companies from Amazon and ordered three different lots at 15 bucks a pop or probably less than that. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> but well played. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, cool. Yeah. Balloons. Um, so I mean, just a sword. so everybody knows here, since this is a podcast and they don't know, we actually were giving away balloon animals to the kids. Yeah. And, and we, we actually gave away can a little bags of candy with it and then invitations to church as mm-hmm. well as a little kind of, uh, well, it was basically a self-made track. I made them. It says what's better than candy. And it kind of talks about you know, how there are some things that are better, even better than candy. And one of them is knowing Jesus. And it's just kind of a track and leads them to sort of go in that direction of, you know, who's Jesus? Mm-hmm. Can you tell me more kind of things? So, right. You know what I love about awesome. children is how much when they learn about Jesus, how much they just are on fire for him, that they just love him so much. Well, Jesus said, unless you become like these children, you can't even make it into the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he said the least will be the greatest, right? So Yeah, that's amazing. So, Jesus is in the house. Oh, I knew this song would be appropriate. Because he is the only one that he deserves. What a man, what a man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I didn't think I'd ever hear that song on this podcast. I'll yeah, throw that out there. It was all, that's all new to me too. Very surprising. What a man. What a man. I played it, remember? Did you play that before? Yeah, it was uh, a joke from my theme song. 
Oh, oh yes, I do right. remember that. Wow, that was like what? That was like ten episodes ago. Yeah, that's ago or something. What like is that, that in dog years? It was when you guys first got your intros. Ah, okay. Because I played your cool intros long enough for Nate to get a little little snippy about it. And he said, <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, well, what's your intro? Well, and then and I got I'm, that I'm, one. And I'm it was actually hilarious. pointing fingers at Nate, but I'm the one who whines about the organ. Every oh, time, he does. So, yeah. And I would love to have the organ. You like the organ? I'd love the organ. <laughs> I think it's amazing. I was thought I was doing you a favor, but I see. apparently not. I see. You know, I know you want to, and I try to get you a rock and roll intro and I did actually get you a rock and roll intro. Um, I was going to surprise you with it and, um, like cut out your intro and put a rock and roll intro in. Yeah. It just didn't have the right feeling. Didn't have the feel. No, you got to go with what you know. It's nothing funny about it. There's nothing (laughs) churchy about it. I'm really, and I don't, you got, you gotta be, you gotta take this thing, you know, you gotta walk kind of like on a balance because you don't know who our listeners are and we don't want to turn anybody off with right. that crazy rock and roll music. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I'm it's thinking of them, Rick, of the people. That's yeah. good. You can have your rock and roll in your car after the podcast. All right. So that's fair enough. I mean, I mean, I love rock and roll too. Don't, I mean, you know, you know me. So, all right, let's play a game. How's that sound? Sure. Yeah. Why not? All right. Well, who's playing this week? Oh, well, I mean, let's see what the wheel says. Um, I can play if you, if you want to sit out. I'm, I'm flexible. If you want to ask the questions if you like. Yeah, I don't mind uh, jumping in. Shake it up a little bit. Yeah, we're shaking it up a little bit. Um, let me pull up the wheel. Let me unblock those guys so they can be part of the show this time. And we are going to play a game. First of all, whose voice is that? That's yours. You <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is hilarious. He actually took that from the very first time we. Oh, I get it. it goes and it goes and it. Goes. Okay, and we have. Would you rather? Would you rather? Oh, so I probably should play the Would You Rather theme song. I, that would be awesome. Either that or I'm going to have to sing, and you don't want that. No. <laughs> no, we do not. <laughs> would you rather? Oh, yeah. All right. Pastor Rick, please. So uh, are you guys are going to, it's going to be the U2 now, I guess. Uh, well, it's, well, I mean, what'd you, it's are not, we just going to all three? Yeah, we'll yeah. do it. We normally do okay. them. Would you rather? Very good. All right. Well, uh, I've got a couple of new questions for us today. Just not sure which to go first. How about we'll start off with number two here. Would you rather be used to defeat the Midianite army or be used to lead the Israelites out of Egypt? So, in other words, would you rather be Moses leading out the Israelites from Egypt, or would you rather be Gideon thinning out this big army all the way down to 300 and then going in to defeat the army with nothing but a horn, clay pot, and a torch? A horn like a chauffeur? They had like some. a ram's horn, like, you know, making noise. Uh, uh, 
Yeah. They had a, uh, they had some members in their military. It was just pared way down. I think it was a yeah. like hundred people or something like that. I can't even remember now. Yeah. The, the all overall, I think they had 300 people. 300. That's what it was. Right. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, who's, you want to go first? Probably Moses. Just because I'd love to talk crap to the Pharaoh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See the the difference there is obviously the the defe- defeating of the Midianite army all happened pretty quick, but you had no idea what was going to happen. It's like a complete step of faith. Well, you know, man, you've been you've pruned my army down to nothing, and then with Moses, you get to see some pretty awesome stuff. But yet, then again, they didn't know it was going to turn out either. You know, I mean, their flesh did not know. Yeah, I was going to say that can go both ways. I mean, they had uh, the army pouring down on them, and then they walk into. Uh, a border of water. Is that the same situation when you part of the Red Sea? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought. Yeah. That's the, that's, yeah. That's the tail end of it. Yeah. So I would definitely want to do that because how cool is that? I mean, holding your arms up, parting the sea, going through. Yeah. And then putting the guy together and swallowing up an army that was hammering down on you. That, that is pretty, pretty awesome. That would be pretty, pretty, that would be great. And the fact is, is Gideon didn't really, didn't really witness a whole lot. He just kind of went out there and the army defeated itself. And, you know, basically God defeated, he caused everybody to turn on themselves and they didn't do anything. Is that right? Yeah. They just, uh, you know, he said, okay, when I give you the word, you break the clay pot and they did this in the dark, you break the clay pot, show your torches and blow your ram's horns. And so what, or I guess whatever horn they were. And so what happened is the army, basically, they were all asleep and they woke up and they're just hearing all this ruckus and they're seeing all this, all these flames and they just hear the, which woke them up, you know, over the breaking of the clay pot. And then basically God just led them all to attack each other and they defeated themselves. (laughs) That's amazing. Literally the Gideon and his army did nothing but just watch it all happen. I haven't. And I have to admit that would be kind of cool to watch. <laughs> you know, for this is actually a, a good lesson for everybody because there are some amazing stories in the Old Testament and we are becoming more and more distant from those. Yeah. yeah. And we shouldn't. I'm actually reading the Old Testament right now. Um, I'm, on, I'm working on Isaiah. I'm kind of working. I'm not picking. I'm not starting from the beginning. And I mean, I've read Genesis and Exodus and whatever comes after that. but. Leviticus. Leviticus, thank you. <laughs> Which was, I did that by audio and that was very nappy time. Um, but um, I'm I'm just randomly picking books that I, I'm interested in reading. So Isaiah's, I want to read Job. I want to read, I don't even know. Jonah is actually really short. Yeah. I think it's like four chapters. Yeah. I'll knock that out. Well, you know, the bottom lines are all good and helpful, so. And it is helpful to remember that it's 66 books. It's not just one book you're reading. It's 66. Right. Correct. So if you so, break it down and you just say there's 10 or 15 that you're yeah, really interested in. It don't in, matter what order, you, and it doesn't yeah. matter the order. You don't have to do it in a specific Except order. maybe the first five, kind of. Eh, I'd say Genesis for sure, Exodus maybe, and then whatever you want after that. Because uh, you're, you're getting into Leviticus and the laws and numbers and those yeah. things. It, I'm probably going to skip very those. very easy. I don't want to do Leviticus again, first of all. Numbers, I don't know if there's anything really beneficial in numbers or not, but <clears throat> I don't need to know the laws. <laughs> we don't follow the laws. We follow Jesus Christ. And, Those laws um, are actually for the unbelievers. And Yeah. 
And those who follow the law will never make it into heaven because it's impossible. So let's reel this game in here a little bit and go on to the next (laughs) question. Uh, Would you rather witness Jesus showing mercy to the adulteress and, of course, answering the Pharisees and those that were going to stone her? Or would you rather witness him flipping the tables at the tabernacle? Are you talking about the adulteress at the well? No, no, this is the, uh, the, this would be, this is where he wrote in the sand. Yeah. Where, Oh, where wasn't they, that mother Mary? Wasn't that Mary Magdalene? Uh, there is an argument for that. See, I didn't think it was. And then I heard it was, I'm like, wait, now I'm confused because I thought Mary Magdalene was freed from the demons. There's an argument for that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's yeah. The lady, <laughs> the lady, the lady was caught in the act of adultery and Jesus was, was asked, you know, what do you want to do with her? And he, he showed mercy. And, you know, so, you know, we have one act of mercy and the other is an act of kind of not vengeance, but anger. I want to see angry God. I, 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 I want to be there. I want to flip tables with him. I want to flip people. <laughs> see, we're learning a lot about each other as we share. Yeah. Nathan has anger issues. <laughs> It's all very repressed. I am a very peaceful man, but uh, <laughs> um, you can, I, you know, you can learn. I mean, obviously he was not sinning, so you could learn from both. That's the beauty of it. All right. So how about you, Jason? Do you want to see him showing mercy and see what that merciful Jesus looked like? Or do you want to see the uh, kick booty Jesus? Right. So it would be pretty amazing to see the mercy because it sends a message, but so does the other. Um Yes, it does. If I didn't see, if I was going to see a lot of Jesus, I'll, I'll pick the tables because I'm going to see plenty of times where he shows right. mercy. Right. And then there's not very op- many opportunities where he's going to show anger. Right. This is so, like a one-time deal. Yeah. You, you, get to ju- you get to jump in on one session. Um, I'm, I'm going for the mercy then. Okay. I will add that if you have the opportunity to see that scene with the forgiveness you'll be able to see what he writes in the sand. Ooh, None yeah. of us know what that is. Except I can't, I, I don't know what that word there was. <laughs> I can't read their language. <laughs> you know what? Take a picture of it, bring it back, and we'll get a translator. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I'll tell you, there's, uh, seeing Jesus do anything would be amazing, you know? So I'm, both are good. But I guess if I only got to pick, I'd probably want to see it. And I'm going back to, to really what you, you kind of stole my thunder there. I, I would want to see the mercy. I want to see how he reacts to the question. I want to see how he reacts to her. I want to see what he wrote in the sand, what that was all about. And then just the attitude he had towards her. I would, I'd like to see her reaction too. She was just shown mercy. Um, well, by some, by, the crowd was going to stone her. A lot of times people don't really understand the depth of that story because she was caught in the act of adultery, right? Well, you can't be caught in the act of adultery by yourself. There's another party involved mm-hmm. and there's nothing in that whole scene about the man she was caught with. The whole thing was a setup from, to hurt Christ, to try to get him. Another test. And as a test, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it was a setup for her. And Christ in that moment recognized that she was being used as a weapon and a tool to hurt him. And that is, uh, that adds just a whole nother level of depth to the story when you think about it, because whoever that man was that was 
you know, taking his boots off where he shouldn't have, that man should have been dragged out too, according to law. It's not just the woman's fault. Right. It takes two to tango. Sure. All right. So, I mean, we got more, but uh, let's see. Oh, would you rather, well, we'll do two more. Would you rather go up on Mount Sinai with Moses to see the etching of the Ten Commandments, or would you rather go up on Mount Tabor, I believe it was, with Jesus to see the transfiguration? Both are pretty awesome. Because in one, you got like God, you got, <laughs> you got the storms, you got lightning, you got, you know, all kinds of stuff. Well, you know, it depends on if you really believe the movie, uh, Moses. <laughs> I was recreation. just thinking of a different movie. If you've ever seen Mel Brooks' History of the World Part 1, where Mel Brooks is playing Moses and he's up there on the mountain and he's like, I've got these 15 commandments and one of them slips out of his hand and drops at his feet and burst into a million pieces, and he goes, I've got these ten commandments. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure of the biblical accuracy there, but yet humorous. All right. So, yeah, so what what will it be? Uh, God on the mountain, or, well, basically, you got a couple of guys with Jesus glowing white. um, And who was it up there in the Transfiguration? You know, Nate, you were Elijah teaching. Elijah and, and Moses. Moses, there you go. So you get to see you get to see some Old Testament characters come to life, glowing white, along with Jesus, or you get to see God. Let me show you how to carve them rocks. Yeah, I'm going with the rocks because <clears throat> I got to see Moses' face after he gets <laughs> lit up by uh, God's aura. Yeah. Um, that would be pretty amazing. Pretty intense. Yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with that. I mean, that'd be pretty awesome to see. How about you, sir? I think I'm gonna go with the transfiguration. Okay. Why? Well, number one, Peter's my boy. Um, if there's ever any time in the New Testament where the disciples are getting out of line, it is Peter to always put his foot in his mouth first. Poor guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, he gives all of us hope, right? Because if he was that dull and he still God still used him, we we've all got hope. But I would love to see how the disciples reacted during the Feast of the Tabernacles. And when Peter basically says, hey, let me go ahead and build a tabernacle for you, Lord, and for you, Elijah, and for you, Moses. And basically God says, reaches down and goes, my son's not equal. You know, that's paraphrasing. That's not exactly what he says. But, you know, Moses represents the law. Elijah represents the prophets. And then there's the son of God. These three things are not equal. And when God says, listen to my son, He's, he's basically showing this is where the main focus is. And I would love to see that whole scene just play out. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I don't know. I, that's a tough one. Cause I'd love to see both, but I guess just my knee jerk reaction is I kind of would like to see God and all of his, you know, just whatever the presence that he did display to Moses and the whole conversation. I want to, I want to hear what he sounded like. Cause he was communicating. Yeah, I'd like to hear, you know, what yeah, kind of voice. Hear his voice. Oh. Would, would it be like, Moses, yes, you know? Or would it. it be like, Moses, <laughs> Yeah, we don't no know. I mean, he might sound like SpongeBob. I, I don't know. Gonna hear, you're going to hear God's voice during the transfiguration, too. Uh, he sounds well, like Well, that is thunder. true. That is true. I'm just guessing that it was a bigger deal ordeal. I don't know. Why. Maybe it's just because I've seen the whole, what is it? What was his name? Off, oh my, Dustin, no, not Dustin Hoffman. It was the guy that played it. 
The Moses movie from the 70s, the popular one. Heston? <laughs> Charlton Heston. Carlton Heston. Charlton. Whatever his name is. Charlton. Charlton. Like the Chew. There you go. <laughs> Charlton Heston. There you go. Charleston Chew. <laughs> All right. Moving right along. Last question today. Would you rather carry the Ark of the Covenant across the Jordan River or carry Jesus's cross to Golgotha? The cross. Right out of the, right out of the chute. I mean, yeah, because... You're carrying Jesus cross. I mean, doing something for somebody that did so much for you. Um, Seems like the least you could do. At right? least. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. I've picked my side. Say again. I've picked my side. Put me on the cross. Duty. Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know who I'm for. Right. So uh, that being said, it would be pretty cool to see King David. Because if you're carrying the Ark of the Covenant, you're, you're running around in those times. Now this is the first time they've crossed, so this is uh, this is when uh, the priest took it out ahead, and that's when you get to see basically the Jordan River split. It parted, and they walked across on dry ground. But also, you got to be careful when you carry the Ark of the Covenant. Bad things it. can happen if you don't, don't follow instruction. Right. So in you know in one in one scenario you get to see you know kind of the representation. It's where you know it was the representation of God. It was really the you know, it was the presence of God at the time. And, or you can, you know, if you carry the cross, obviously you looked at it from a duty standpoint. You also have to witness, you know, if you're going to carry the cross, you're probably going to witness the crucifixion. So keep that in mind as you answer. So what, what do you was think? the name of the guy yeah. who carried the cross? Don't know. Simon? Simon. Yeah. 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 Simon. Uh, Sip. Yeah. Because I think it was only in one of the gospels where Christ was beaten so badly he just couldn't continue so the roman centurions picked one person out of the audience and it was simon okay carried the cross for him up to golgotha in the movie passion for the christ it was some random guy wasn't it it wasn't simon though i thought it was you're thinking of simon peter i'm yeah no it was not one of oh no okay random guy he wasn't a disciple that's correct he was not he was just a guy named simon that's right. Ah, yeah. okay. Okay. That makes yeah. more sense. All right. Yeah. So, uh, I'm sorry. What was you, what did you decide? What was your picking? Oh, I'm, I'm carrying the cross. Okay. Yeah. I know who I'm for. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have to admit, I would, you know, I would feel, I wasn't even thinking at first, but now that you've mentioned the whole duty, you know, just the, I mean, you know, wow, for all that you've done for me, it's the least I can do kind of thing, you know, right. I mean, it's such a small thing. It's like almost ridiculous, but yet, you know, I would just, I would certainly want to do that for him. And, and besides, you know, if to, to watch the crucifixion, I mean, and I know I've said this before, but it, it impacted people that were paying attention in mm-hmm. the centurion. I mean, you, you, wow, surely this was the son of God. It impacted people like, Oh, I don't know the thief that was hanging on his side who yeah. realized something's going on with this guy. Right. Well, just imagine he was audience. loving when this happens, you've got an earthquake, you've got the darkening of the skies for three hours. This is significant. You know, it's no wonder that that centurion said, oh, this man really was the son of God because all this started happening. If you read the, uh, the, the gospels, the dead rose and walked around. Yeah, it's, it's but you just, serious it, that power. Is, that is all true, but certainly you just don't often see a guy that's being crucified to look out and say, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they're doing. To not retaliate, knowing, you know, just the fact, knowing that he was God and he could have done anything he wanted at the time. You know, again, I I say this all the time, but, you know, it's a good thing that I was not called to go die for people because when those 
those maniacs down there said, Hey, why don't you, if you're really the son of God, why don't you jump off the cross and save yourself? I would have jumped off and every one of them would have got hit with a single bolt of lightning and they'd all been gone. And there would have been face melting. And face fine. melting fine. and not from rock and roll. From <laughs> pure <laughs> lightning. Face melting. And it's a good thing because he didn't choose me. He chose the son of God. He chose Jesus and Jesus did it willingly, even though he had the power not to you. stop it. That my friends is some willpower. We don't understand willpower. We have a tough time not eating the second cheeseburger. <laughs> He's holding back the, you know, the wrath I that he could have attacked right now about the two cheeseburger comment. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I would definitely carry the cross. So yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, there you go. We're all would carrying a cross. Uh, we're going to talk about forgiveness. I think it's one of the most important. Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, Matthew six fourteen through 15, for if you forgive others trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others trespasses, neither will your forgot- father forgive your trespasses. Now that puts the fear right in you. Doesn't I mean, it's black and white. If you do not forgive others, your father will not forgive you. And which instantly causes a problem for us. Yeah. Let me add on top of that, because if you see anything repeated in the Bible, it's because it's important. Right. Okay. And if you also look at Matthew 18, uh, verse 35, it says, so my heavenly father will also do to you. If each of you does not forgive his brother from his heart. Mm -hmm. So that's repeating that warning that in the same book, nonetheless. Yeah. And Matthew 6, 15. But if you do not forgive others or trespasses, neither will you forgot, Father forgive yours. I mean, there's so many verses that talks about this. And if you look at the problems of the world today, look at how many of them. I mean, consider all the racial strife we're seeing, right? Yeah. All it takes is forgiveness applied. And these problems go away. Now, there will always be those on, on any side of an issue that are advocating for keeping the issue because it's their, their livelihood. But you, as a Christian, we're called to forgive. And if we just do that... These these race mongers they lose their 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 pillar of support. Mm-hmm. It, they're basically just agitating and doing whatever they can to drive the wedge further. There there there's no a point at which they want things to be healed because if they're healed they're out of a job. Yeah, the problem with forgiveness is for you know for, that that becomes problematic for us when we think about should I forgive somebody is that just because we forgive does not make the situation right. It doesn't make the bad guy stop being the bad guy. I mean, sometimes it does. Sometimes when we forgive people, it has a major impact on them. But sometimes it doesn't. It's not about that. It's about releasing and not holding on to it ourselves because it changes us. It might not change them, but it changes us when we forgive. And that's what makes it tough. You know. Yeah. Um, in fact, it's... It, <laughs> It's so important to us that literally in, in the field of psychology, there is a type of therapy called forgiveness therapy. And the people that use this are not necessarily Christians, but they have found that there is a strong correlation between uh, holding bitterness in our heart and our mind and being, you know, I guess I would use, I, I don't want to use the term mentally ill, but that's what they would say, but it, it, causing emotional and, and mental problems. And there really is because, you know, when you, when you think about it, what is for, what is lack of forgiveness do it? Let's say you were, you know, abused as a child, for example, um, whether it be sexually, emotionally, physically, you know, whatever. Um, many people have experienced that because there are a lot of imperfect parents and many of us have come out of that. 
Well, the parent hurts you as a child. If you forgive, it goes, it goes away in your mind, right? I mean, yeah, you're going to remember it, but that pain over time will dissipate that, that irritation. If you don't, what do you do typically? If you don't forgive, if you don't release them, you think about it over and over. You replay the tapes over and over again. And here's what happens. You get hurt over and over and over and over again. And who's hurting you? Is it them? Nope. It's you. You're doing it to yourself. And we do that to ourselves. And we let people hurt us over and over and over. And why do we do it? Because, well, they don't deserve it, we say. Or we don't want to minimize the offense. Or we don't want to, you know, quote unquote, let them off the hook. And the thing is, you know what? They're already off the hook. There's nothing, uh, just because we harbor bitterness, it's, it, most of these people go on and they don't even give it a second thought. No. And so we're really only hurting ourselves. And G- Jesus knew that. God knows that. And so he said, look, here's the thing. Y'all don't deserve forgiveness, but I'm going to forgive you. Y'all need to pay that forward. And if right. you don't, I'm out. I'm not going to forgive you. So you have to do that. Yeah. I mean, how awful would it be if you have your ticket to heaven because of your loyalty and your love for the Lord and your belief in the Lord and you're following the Lord and you're discipling, but you have an unforgiven heart keeps you out. If we're called to be Christ-like, should we not be demonstrating this particular behavior? 100%. Absolutely. Matter of fact, there's many times where someone hurts me and I'm, I'm, it's an almost an instantaneous forgiveness. It's like, it doesn't even... I almost feel like I don't even owe them forgiveness because it didn't affect me maybe as much as they wanted it to. It's like, whatever. I let it roll off the shoulders way easy and happens. I'll tell you one of my personal ways that I've kind of coped with that is the, uh, the expectations, keeping the expectations low for others. Yeah. Like if I expect everybody to let me down, yeah, I'm not very often disappointed. <laughs> right. And, and when they don't, it's like a surprise. Exactly. <laughs> You, you know, the, really good. <laughs> that may sound negative, but I actually teach that. You know, I, I've, I, I it's kind of like, I, you know, you all know that when I'm not doing the pastor thing, I'm working with autistic kids and I, and I work for a center now. I used to actually do one-on-one therapy and I learned it while working with autistic kids. Sometimes these kids with, with uh, autism, they do things that make you want to scream, makes you want to pick them up. And ball them up and throw them about 10 miles, makes you want to throw them up against the wall, choke them, whatever, because it's just crazy stuff. I mean, it's just, they just, and it's like, sometimes they enjoy it, you know, but I have to remind, I had to remind myself as a therapist that they have a disability. They don't totally understand what they're doing. You know, part of it is autism. Part of it is that they're young and immature. So you add all that into a big, you know, ball and it's going to cause some problems. And so I learned that I can't evaluate them with the same yardstick that I used to evaluate a neurotypical child. And when you go into it with that, that thinking, it's easier to say, you know, Hey, you don't understand. It's no big deal. And you don't even get frustrated. You don't even get, you don't get mad when they do stuff. You just kind of let it go. And I tell people, you know, you have to look at other people understand, you got to see them kind of through God's eyes, imperfect people, you know, that make mistakes, that are prone to mistakes, that, that aren't very good at empathy, that don't really understand what they're doing to you. And so you almost kind of, 
when they do something bad, you got to look at them and say, well, you know, you're a sinner, you're a weak person, you know, pat them on their little head, you know, and you, you just, it's easier to forgive that way. You just don't expect so much from people. And the easy, the way to, to kind of think of it is that we typically, how do we evaluate others? We evaluate them by their actions. How do we evaluate ourselves typically? By our intentions. By our intentions and what we would like to do. That's kind of an unfair system. And since we can't see into their heart, we got to learn to cut them a little slack, you know? Yeah. And I think it's easier that way. Okay. Let me, I want to step into the audience's mind. And Ouch. I, and ask, ask some questions that they may be wondering, wanting answers to. Okay. Question one, what if you no longer can forgive that person, whether they're not here anymore? Perhaps they passed on before you had oh. a moment to do that. I think I'll take that one first. The act of forgiveness is not, does it benefit another person? Yes, it can. But it's also an extremely healing process for the individual who's doing the forgiving. Absolutely. Um, I would even argue that it's a very selfish thing to do to be forgiving because the benefits are so (laughs) strong. Okay. So real. Yet another mental game that you can play with yourself because it's true. (laughs) There's truth to it. And the... The reality is if, if somebody is, is passed on and you're holding bitterness and harboring that in your heart, um, you're no longer hurting that person. They can't hurt anymore, or at least not by your power. Um, the debt that created that bitterness, it's going to be paid just a matter of time. And you can choose to let that person continue to hurt you, or you can choose to let it go and let God. And if you do, you're going to find that God will bless you for being and keeping the faith. Yeah, I guess I would only add everything you're saying is 100% correct, so I'm not adding it to correct. I'm adding it to just, there, there is one issue that some people sort of struggle with. Yes, we should definitely forgive regardless because we do it for us uh, more than we do it for them. Why? Because number one, it causes emotional issues. We relive this, you know, the problem. We let them hurt us all over again, which you said. Also, we cause spiritual issues. If we don't forgive, we're not going to be forgiven. That's a problem. But sometimes, even though we know that, we still have a tough time processing because we didn't get to discuss it with them. And so I would really advocate for taking a, a Lincoln approach or uh, you know what psychologists call a, and I know nobody knows what that means. Um, I'll explain in a second. Or taking the empty chair approach that they use in the field of psychology and just sit down and write a letter to that person forgiving them. That would be the Lincoln approach. Um, he was well known ah, for- Mead. Yes. General Meade. Exactly. You know what I'm talking about. He wrote a letter to, to share his uh, what was it? regrets at this, the actions of the uh, general. It was found in, uh, so the letter you're talking about was found in, in uh, after he died, it was found yeah. in his papers. Right. And uh, General Meade, after the Battle of Gettysburg, had the opportunity to absolutely crush the Army of the South uh, with Robert E. Lee. Um, the, the waters where they were retreating were flooded. And if Meade had called for an, an all-out attack, they would have completely annihilated the Southern military, all right, in one fell swoop. Mm-hmm. But General Meade called for a council of war, which slowed down the process, allowed the waters to recede, and allowed the military to escape. And Lincoln wrote a scathing letter to him, scathing. And the man was known for, for not being that way. And he never delivered the letter. He just wrote it. He got all his thoughts and, and his feelings out on paper and then never sent the letter. There you go. Yeah, yeah you actually did share, uh, by the way, nerd, nerd. 
Right. I, no, Scathing. but thank you because that's a little more detail than I would have shared and really more detail than I even remember of the story. But uh, at any rate, yes, take the Lincoln approach, you know, write it out and, and then just destroy the letter. Or, a lot of people should do that. Yeah. Yeah. Before they post that stuff on social media that they probably regret. Yeah, that's not a good idea. And the, or secondly, just uh, you know, sit in if the person has passed away or if you can't talk to them for whatever reason. Sometimes, uh, for example, you know, maybe you had an issue with an ex-spouse and it just wouldn't be good to go, you know, dredge that up again. Get an empty chair out and have a conversation with them. It is very powerful. You can do it in the quietness of your own you know, room. But if you need that, um, that sort of emotional catharsis you know, to really make change in your life and allow you to forgive, then certainly go through that. But realize it is for you. Okay. So question two. Yeah. Um, the person's still alive, but you just forgive them in your heart and they really don't even know it. There's a part two to this. Mm-hmm. What if they don't ask for forgiveness? What if they don't come to you and ask for your for your forgiveness? Well, first off, I, I'd say it's extremely rare that somebody would come to you and ask for forgiveness. Typically, the only time you see that happen in real life is if somebody's experiencing a 12-step program where they're, they're forced to review their own shortcomings and how many people they've hurt. And as part of their 12 steps, they have to make recompense and reach out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or if it's a if it's a church family member or a, or a, right. so, you know an actual blood family member, sometimes that happens. But sometimes, yeah. but yeah, but the reality that, is most of the time people don't ask for forgiveness. Right, right, okay. So, um, well, I think there we just immediately we got to follow Jesus's example. He said, "Father, forgive them, for they know for not they know they not what they do." Not, there ain't one person <laughs> recorded in that little mess uh, called the crucifixion that asked for forgiveness at the time. But he was literally forgiving them and asking his father to forgive them. Right. And that, that is the example that we should follow. We, we don't do it because they ask. We do it because we have to. So I, I'll, I'll even throw this in. When I, when I dealt with bullies when I was younger, mm-hmm. none of them have come forward and say, you know what? I was wrong. Right. None of them. Of course not. They're bullies. The, um, they don't think they're wrong. The outcome of it, though, two of them have killed themselves with drug overdoses. So the reality is this stuff festers if you don't seek forgiveness. Right. And it usually materializes in other ways. Right. Right. And it's really subconscious. They're driven. They're, they're driven. They have demons in them. Correct. And they're driven to things, suicide, overdoses, what have you. And subconsciously it's things that's been eating them up from their past. And they're seeking escape from it usually. Right. You can forgive somebody in the privacy of your own home in prayer. Absolutely. There's going to be times where if you were to try to go back and tell somebody that you're forgiving them, you're going to open up old wounds. Yeah. It's going to be, you're either going to hurt yourself or you're going to hurt them. And in that situation, that's not what we're called to do as Christians. We're not supposed to be that way. We give it to God and we let God handle it. So it's better just to forgive them in your heart. That's yeah. correct. Then I, I think, verbally. I think that's something you got to think through. You got to pray about. Pray for wisdom. James 1 5. You know, Agreed. if you need wisdom, pray and God will tell you. There are some times when going to someone and, and telling them you forgive them is very, very good for the relationship. It's good for them, good for you. Yeah. And um, I, well, I think that works out very well in the moment. When you go back in history and you're, and, and re, reopen, like he said, reopen old wounds that could be 
bad, but if it's in the moment, like if it's in the at absolutely at the same time or a day or two later where you say, you know, I was wrong or you were, <laughs> you, you can't really <laughs> See, say that. You can't say that's that. That's the thing. It's it all, you have to pray for wisdom. You ha- yeah. I mean, yeah. you can't, you can't just call out someone's guilt. You were wrong. I forgive you. It's basically right. be, if they come to you and say, you know, I was wrong. Can you forgive me? And it's an absolute Yes. Although I would say there are times when you can actually repair relationships. You can go to somebody and say, you know, some of the things you don't have to say, Jason, you were wrong. (laughs) And I just want you to know, I forgive you. Thank you. But what I can say, I I can't say that because that's going to make you think, well, first of all, if you don't know, if you don't think you're wrong, instantly you've reopened up a wound and now we're not. Now we just got another conflict. But I can say, you know, Jason, some of the things that we went through a few years ago, I held some stuff against you and I was wrong for doing that. And whatever you may or may not have done that caused me pain, I just want you to know, I forgive you because I want to, I want to love you. You see, that turns everything around. I'm, I'm basically confessing my wrong because if I've been harboring this bitterness, I have been wrong. And you know what? That might lead them to turn around and say, you know what? The way I did treat you was horrible. And it might open up, you know, a, a, a brand new relationship and heal a lot of old wounds. So I, I don't think that there's, there's certainly not value in accusations, but there is sometimes value in going back and walking through those things. And I think it's just a matter of praying for wisdom and thinking it through. Yeah. Uh, like Nate said, if, if a person, you know, if, if a person's moved on, they have a new family, whatever, going back and, you know, dredging that up may cause problems, um, may cause, uh, I'm not even going to go there, just could cause all kinds of problems. So you just have to pray and look for wisdom. Amen. And if somebody does have the boldness and the courage to come to you and ask for forgiveness, if you're the kind of person that says no, you need to read the parable of the unforgiving slave. Right. Uh, that has got a brutal ending and it is talking specifically about you. So, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, I've actually got my Bible open to it right now. Are you going to read it? I might as well. Sure. So, uh, essentially, uh, Peter's asking about how many times should I forgive my brother? And Jesus responds with this story. He says, for this reason, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began to settle accounts, one who owed him 10,000 talents, that would be a modern equivalent to like a million dollars was brought before him. And since he had no way to pay it back, his master commanded that he, his wife, his children, and everything he had be sold to pay the debt. At this, the slave fell face down before him and said, be patient with me and I'll pay you back everything. And the master, and the master of that slave had compassion and released him and even forgave the loan. But this slave immediately went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him around a hundred denarii, which is equal to about a hundred days worth of work. He grabbed him, started choking his fellow slave and said, pay what you owe. At this, his fellow slave fell down and began begging him, be patient with me. I will pay you back. But he wasn't willing. On the contrary, he went and threw him into prison until he could pay what was owed. And when the other slaves saw what had taken place, they were deeply distressed and went and reported to their master everything that had happened. Then, after he had summoned him, his master said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you have also had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And his master got angry and handed him over to the jailers until he could pay everything that was owed. And in Matthew 18.35, Jesus says, So my heavenly Father will also do to you 
if each of you does not forgive his brother from his heart. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's basically nothing really good happens. I think this is what our listeners need to know. And everybody, I think we all need to be reminded of this. There is absolutely no good in not forgiving. Nothing There's beneficial. No positive outcomes. No, nothing beneficial comes. It's kind of like the. It's kind of like worry. We think somehow by worrying about stuff we can change things. No, we can't. We can't do a thing. In fact, all all worry does is make you sick. It puts you in a, a lesser position to actually come up with creative, positive solutions. And it's the same way with unforgiveness. We might think that we are hurting them, but we're not doing anything. We're only hurting ourselves. So nothing good comes out of it. And there are emotional and spiritual repercussions for not forgiving. In fact, the point is, is you gain nothing by holding on to bitterness. You benefit from forgiving. You know, I mean, if you don't forgive, you can cause yourself emotional problems. You cause yourself uh, pain. Uh, The fact is, is that, uh, and this is what I was going to say earlier and forgot, in our heart, bitterness and love cannot reside in the same space. And it's going to come out in our life. We cannot love anyone completely if we harbor bitterness towards anyone because it changes who we are. It it, it changes the state of our heart and makes us less loving. And so we have to forgive for our benefit. And of of course, knowing their spiritual repercussions, we it should it should make us scared to not forgive. You know, I mean, as soon as someone does something wrong, we should be, we should automatically stop and say, wait a minute, if I don't forgive you, God's not going to forgive me. You know what? It's not worth it. I don't care what you've done. Yeah, it sucked. Yeah, it was terrible. You've done something awful. I'm not minimizing it, but I got to forgive you because it's not worth, you know, losing my my eternal life in heaven over it. Right, right. So, I mean, you know, just the benefits far outweigh the, uh, the negatives because there aren't any. Yeah. I mean, I've made forgiveness a routine. It's a routine prayer at every night. Mm-hmm. And obviously things don't, people don't do things to me every day that <laughs> require forgiveness. I can't remember the last time someone did anything I needed to forgive him for, but I talked, I talked to the father and I tell him, you know, if, if anybody has done me wrong, whether I know it or not, I forgive them. And we forget sometimes over the years, especially when we come a, a Christian later in life and learn that we must forgive everybody that's wronged us. Um, we forget who's caused this pain over the years. And when those particular memories come to you, I think it's important to specify a situation and offer forgiveness in your prayers right, to that person. And I, I want to throw uh, really a left hook into this whole conversation uh, that'll blow uh, many people away, but I hope you'll consider it something that didn't hit me until later in life. But Jesus doesn't tell us just to forgive those who hurt us. He tells us to love them. He's, in fact, he says, love your enemies, people that are actively against you, love them. That's hard. Now, the question is, is what is love? Well, I'm not going to get into the whole scenario here, but Baby, don't hurt me. But first, uh, first Corinthians chapter 13 says what love holds no record of wrongs. People say, well, I can forgive, but I can't forget. Let me tell you something. Those two eventually do go hand in hand. Now you're never going to physically forget, you know, the incident. It's not, you're not going to develop amnesia, but I'll tell you what you will do. 
And, and this happened to me, and I'll, I'll close my little part here with just a little story. When I was young, my uh, I had a stepdad who abused me physically, uh, not sexually, but physically and emotionally. Uh, it was pretty bad. And not only did he abuse me, but he went on to abuse my mom. He left her. He abused the church that we went to. Um, he literally stole money from the church. He was the... I hate to even share the story. Uh, again, it's kind of that whole goes back to that hypocrite that turns everybody off. But it, the reality is, is he stole money from the church as the treasurer and he seduced and ran off with the pastor's wife. It doesn't get too much worse than that. I mean, he was just a bad, bad man. And I went into the military and spent three years away. And during that time, I played the tapes over the pain he caused me. It caused me grief. It made me do, you know, it made me work way too hard because I had to prove that I wasn't the piece of crud that he thought I was and told me I was. And I got, I got about, oh, I don't know, two thirds of the way through my time in the military. I was there and was in for three years and God basically brought to my attention that I had not forgiven him. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, and I went through the words, yeah, I forgive him, but I didn't. I just said I did. It's easy to say something, but not do it, right? And we can even con ourselves into saying, yeah, I forgave him, but we really didn't. And I know I didn't because I was still playing the tapes in my mind. I was still like having these, you know, fantasies about going and kicking his hind end. And when I got out of the military, I went, found him. This was one of those things I thought I needed to do for myself. And I went to talk to him and I said, you know, there was a lot of tension and I've held on to it for a while. And I just honed up for my part and said, I just want you to know for whatever pain that you cause me, I forgive you and I love you as a person. I mean, I hated what he did and I, you know, and I I would never condone that kind of behavior, but I said, I love you as a person. You know, when I left there, I felt like somebody had taken a giant anvil off of my heart. It was just an amazing, and you know what? I forgot immediately. Now I still remember, obviously I can tell you about the events, Mm -hmm. but there's no pain. It just, it's like, it was, it was almost magic. It just went away because I had released the chain and said, you know what? If he owes something it's to you. And I'm going to leave that between you two. And I'm not going to worry about it anymore. And it was an amazing thing. And I tell you, there is healing for all of you listeners out there. If there's somebody that you haven't forgiven, I can tell you right now, they don't deserve it. But I can also tell you that we don't deserve God's forgiveness, but he gives it to us anyway. So do yourself a favor and forgive them. I like the uh, analogy you used there that somebody's hurt you in the past. They've created a debt and that debt is yours to release. If, if somebody owes you money, you can tell them, you know what? I don't need you to pay me back. And that's essentially what forgiveness is. You're, you're, you're releasing a debt. There's a lot of power in releasing a debt. Mm-hmm. Release it to God. Let him handle it. Let him deal with it. That's what he wants us to do. Right. And in, the, and in doing so, God is going to heal you. Um, there are those who every day they have to forgive the same person over because the, the debt just keeps accumulating. Yeah. That's the 70 times seven right there. That's the 70 times seven, right? And it's hard. Um, I mean, for instance, there are situations with parents and children that every day the situation just gets worse. Mm -hmm. Um, When you are in those situations and you have to forgive every day, you really have to lean on Christ. The one, those situations that are active and ongoing, those are the tough ones. Right. You know, if somebody cuts you off in traffic, you might have a bad day, but you can forget about that in the next day. Let it go because it wasn't personal. It was right. just an idiot, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Idiot. We didn't mean to call you names. <laughs> <laughs> Please forgive us. <laughs> Please forgive us. <laughs>
But when it is ongoing and active, if you're, it's perfectly normal to struggle with forgiveness in those, in those situations. And there's nothing wrong with reaching out to your pastoral leadership for help. Um, you don't have, you don't have to go through it alone. And there are some people out there who have, who have done some very, very bad things, Mm -hmm. very bad things. And they have left indelible scars on the psyche of, of so many believers. Um, things that you might be wrestled with for years and you've just not been ready to get rid of. You've not been ready to release the debt. And if you're struggling with that, that that's part of our human condition. Uh, reach out to your pastoral leadership about that too. And you can let your, your pastor know that I, I recognize I'm holding unforgiveness and I need help letting it go. How do I do it? I think every pastor in the world would be happy to hear that. Absolutely. That question come from a parishioner. Um, but I will tell you, uh, I'm going to close my bit on, on forgiveness with this. Paul tells us when it comes to, to uh, communion that if you are holding something you're against your brother or your brother's got something against you, that you should put down your communion and go resolve that before you take communion because it's, it's dangerous to play games with communion. Um, keep that in mind the next time you're in church and communion comes up. It's better for you to choose not to participate in that communion and to go forward with that communion with that unforgiveness still in your heart. Right. That's good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, okay. Yeah. Where do we go from here, sir? Well, I think, um, I need a little music in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so it's time for songs of the week. Keeping on, on, on topic with the whole uh, subject of forgiveness, um, mm-hmm. that's actually going to be my song of the week this week is a song called Forgiveness by Toby Mac and Lecrae. Oh, Toby Mac. See, oh. I was uh, forgiveness. I was thinking um, uh, Glenn, or not Glenn Fry. What was it? Jo- uh, Don Henley. <laughs> okay. Don, uh, the Eagles. The Eagles, guy. yeah. Forgiveness. Oh, that's always in my head too. Forgiveness, even if, even. Yeah. Never mind. Moving on. Good song though. It don't matter anymore. It don't. <laughs> <laughs> it don't matter anymore. Something like that. Yeah. All right. So go ahead then. Who? So it, who? What? Where? Wow. It's it's a good song. Um, it talks about how every single one of us need forgiveness. There's there's we've all come across that line. Um. Uh, so I'll just read you the chorus. It says because we all make mistakes sometimes, and we've all stepped across that line. But nothing's, but nothing's sweeter than the day we find forgiveness. And we all stumble and we fall. Bridges, brin, bridge, blah, blah, blah. Bridges burn in the heat of it all. But nothing's sweeter than the day, sweeter than the day we call out for forgiveness. Good stuff. Yeah. I can almost hear it in my mind. <laughs> so um, Matthew West also has a song called Forgiveness. Hmm. Did you pick an equal song? Well, I was just seeing what oh, was out there. Just, I got you. Okay. So, I mean, I really can't use this for my songs of the week, but why not? Well, cause I don't know it. Yeah, uh, that would be, uh, that would yeah, be kind of promote a song that might not be so good. Yeah. I'm I mean, sure lyrically it's good I'm, though. I have no idea. I mean, Matthew he's West like, is pretty good. good so he's author. usually pretty solid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you really can't go wrong, yeah. but you might want to check it out. But, um, <laughs> but, but having said that, I will choose, um, a song that I do know and it is 
Have I done a Revelation song yet? See, I feel like you have. Probably have. But I could be wrong because I can't check it out on the website because it's not updated. Well, if I did, it, it's on there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm just teasing. I probably have. Um, I've done Battle Belongs. Touching Heaven, a new song. Well, there you go. I think you can do that one. And it's catchy. It, it's, it's kind of infectious. I, all Sunday, every member of my family, of course, they're all in the worship team. That probably doesn't hurt or doesn't help. But we were all humming that darn tune. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. And singing it. Yeah. I, 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 I like the drums to it. So my song of the week is Touching Heaven by Johnny Swim. Johnny no. Swim. No, that's the wrong. That's, wrong. That's not the one. As soon as I said that, I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, this is a hill song. Jesus culture or something like that. Hill song, isn't it? Hang yeah, on. I th- hang on, hang on, hang wow. on. I can't remember now because we're doing a new song. Influence music. Yes, there That's you go. It. Influence. There you go. Uh, influence. Influence music. Okay. That'd All be right. the one. So my song of the week is Touching Heaven by Influence Music. Um, new song that we're playing in church. Actually, we're going to give it a second go this week. We are indeed. And I love the drums to it. It's very fun. Um, and it's a very catchy tune. I think if you haven't heard it, definitely check it out. Uh, the lyrics, uh, just a few lyrics. There's a place here and now where we see all of your glory. Miracles, healing power. I believe, I believe spirit is for me. All my shame goes away when I reach up a little higher. In your space, I will stay. With all your love, I'm feeling lighter. Like I'm touching heaven. Yeah. Yeah. And let me tell you something. We did it for the first time on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. First time. And now again, my whole family's on the worship team. So that probably helped a little bit, but we could not get that out of our mind. Everyone at some point of time on Sunday afternoon was singing that song. I said, you know, I think, I think we got a winner here. (laughs) So it is catchy. Just beware. If you listen, you're probably going to start singing it. That's all I'm saying. So, uh, all right. So that brings it to me. Uh, I'm changing gears just a little bit because I like musical eclecticism. And uh, since the last the, mu- the last song of the week, I picked a growly, raw, you know, kind of thing, rock and roll. This time I'm going to kind of change gears a little bit. This almost has kind of a folksy, country-ish kind of feeling. If you're familiar with the group Need to Breathe. Um, they're, they're pretty, I I like them. I like the band and this song is called carry me. I think it's one of the newer ones and it features the front man, John Foreman from Switchfoot and they sing together, which is pretty awesome. And the song is, I think it's really amazing. It it puts me in a good place and just a quick, uh, preview of, of the lyrics. Uh, you were calling me into the deep, into waters that no map could find. You were calling me out beyond my fears where my darkness finds rest in your light. I found a fortress where I could surrender, where my shame didn't hide what I lacked. And so I chased you out farther still, because I know that I ain't never coming back. (laughs) From the river's mouth to the mountain's peak, from the great divide to the ocean's deep, I need you to carry me. Carry me. I'm on my way, but I'm in too deep. I need you to carry me. Pretty interesting little tune. Check it out. Yeah. Need to breathe. Carry me. Need to breathe. I wanted to tell you that I listened to Long Black Train 
<laughs> Long Black Train. <laughs> and I, li- I liked it. It's a good song. It is a good song. Dude has a deep voice. He does. Man, low. I got a chance to hear him in Alaska at a, at a state fair, and that was just a, a fantastic venue to, to hear his concert. Oh, so. I bet. I mean, I was probably even deeper in Alaska. <laughs> I, I've heard the, uh, you know, Alaska makes a great, you know, great place to have concerts on. It's <laughs> <laughs> just dude. a great forum, I tell you. Well, icebergs great... have, have great acoustics. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been it right there. Right. So, Pastor Rick, any final thoughts this week? Well, you know, I do have a good, although we had so many deep thoughts, yeah. it's almost uh, counterproductive, but uh, the thought of the day comes uh, primarily out of Matthew chapter 9, 36 through 38, that says this When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest, ask them to send more workers into the field. And uh, I guess I'm going to back it up with Luke chapter 23, verse 34, when Jesus is hanging on the cross and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. We see over and over again in scripture, um, Jesus saw people a little differently. He saw them as sheep without a shepherd. He saw them as confused. He saw them as captives that were captive of the enemy, Satan, that needed to be freed. He saw them as people that didn't know what they were doing. And so I just want to say to everybody out there today, try to see people through the eyes of Christ. It changes everything. Uh, When we see people through our own eyes, we see their wrongdoings, we see pain, we see enemy. Um, When we look at people through Christ's eyes, we see people that are helpless, that are confused, that are lost. And when we look at them that way, it's so much easier to love them and to do the very thing that is required to help them to become a better person, that is to know Jesus Christ. Amen to that. Folks, that's our show for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Think about what we said about forgiveness. It's it's not something to brush aside. Um, and if you won't do it for others, do it for yourself. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. Not only is it healing for yourself to unleash that burden, but it's a commandment of Christ, our Savior. And, uh, and it might save you a few dollars in therapy. Yeah, that that's too. true. So keep that in mind when you're saying your prayers this evening. If there's anybody in your life that you need to forgive and let go. With that, <laughs> say goodnight, Jason. Say goodnight, Jason. <laughs> so, thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, please do and share the show. Um, we would love to reach more people out there and uh, let our message be heard. And uh, you all have an amazing week. Thanks for tuning in. Say goodnight, Rick. Goodnight, Rick. Goodnight, Nate. Goodnight, Nate. Goodnight, everybody. Put a 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 put